The Bible Study Podcast, episode 553. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the kings of Israel and Judah with 1 Kings 11. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We said that last week was going to be the highlight of Solomon's reign, and this is the last chapter about Solomon. Solomon's wives. King Solomon, however, loved many foreign women besides Pharaoh's daughter, Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonites, and Hittites. They were from nations about which the Lord had told the Israelites, you must not intermarry with them because they will surely turn your hearts after their gods. Nevertheless, Solomon held fast to them in love. He had 700 wives of royal birth and 300 concubines, and his wives led him astray. As Solomon grew old, his wives turned his heart after other gods, and his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord his God as the heart of David his father had been. He followed Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonites, and Molech, the detestable god of the Ammonites. So Solomon did evil in the eyes of the Lord. He did not follow the Lord completely as David his father had done. On a hill east of Jerusalem, Solomon built a high place for Tremosh, the detestable god of Moab, and for Molech, the detestable god of the Ammonites. He did the same thing for all his foreign wives who burned incense and offered sacrifices to their gods. The Lord became angry with Solomon because his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice. Although he had forbidden Solomon to follow other gods, Solomon did not keep the Lord's command. So the Lord said to Solomon, Since this is your attitude and you have not kept my covenant and my decrees, which I commanded you, I will most certainly tear the kingdom away from you and give it to one of your subordinates. Nevertheless, for the sake of David your father, I will not do it During your lifetime, I will tear it out of the hand of your son. Yet I will not tear the whole kingdom from him, but will give him one tribe for the sake of David my servant and for the sake of Jerusalem, which I have chosen. So, this is the first time in this story where I have to go. Solomon doesn't seem quite as bright as he did previously. And I'm not even talking about the other gods, I'm just talking about the number of wives. That just doesn't seem really practical. The interesting thing is, it says he really loves them, and yet there are hundreds of them. How many can he even keep their names straight, you'd have to wonder. So I don't recommend hundreds and hundreds of wives, but certainly he has violated one of the directives that he was given directly, and one of the directives that the people of Israel were given is, don't intermarry with these people of other faith because they will turn your heart away from God. He does, and they did. He was told not to. So he really isn't very wise at this point in his life. He does what wasn't wise for him to do, what he was told not to do. And what happens to him is exactly what God told him would happen. And not only does he turn to other gods, but you'll notice that three times here in these verses, it's the detestable God, Molech, the detestable God of the Ammonites. And when you see those words in the Old Testament, then we're probably talking about one of those, not just false gods, but false gods that we understand that the practice of worshiping in them involved child sacrifice. And so there are verses that talk about Molech and don't let your children pass through the fire and such to, to Molech. So this is evil. This is not just different, this is evil. 
And so Solomon is doing evil, and God says, I told you what would happen. You would keep your kingdom, and your descendants would keep your kingdom as long as you were faithful to me. And he is not. And so he is told that I'm going to rip this out of your son's hand, not your hand, because of the sake of your father, David, but I'm going to tear the kingdom from your son. Goes on, Solomon's adversaries. Then the Lord raised up against Solomon an adversary, Hadad the Edomite, from the royal line of Edom. Earlier, when David was fighting with Edom, Joab, the commander of the army, had gone up to bury the dead, had struck down all the men in Edom. Joab and all the Israelites stayed there for six months until they had destroyed all the men in Edom. But Hadad, still only a boy, fled to Egypt with some Edomite officials who had served his father. They set out from Midian and went to Paran. Then, taking the people from Paran with them, they went to Egypt, to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, who gave Hadad a house and land and provided him with food. Pharaoh was so pleased with Hadad that he gave him a sister of his own wife, Queen Tapenes, in marriage. The sister of Tapenes bore him a son named Genubath, whom Tapenes brought up in the royal palace. There, Genubad lived with Pharaoh's own children. While he was in Egypt, Hadad heard that David rested with his ancestors and that Joab, the commander of the army, was also dead. Then Hadad said to Pharaoh, Let me go, that I may return to my own country. What have you lacked here that you want to go back to your own country? Pharaoh asked. Nothing, Hadad replied, but do let me go. And God raised up against Solomon another adversary, Rezan, the son of Eliadad, Eliadad, who had fled from his master, Hadadazar, king of Zobah. When David destroyed Zobah's army, Rezon gathered a band of men around him and became their leader. They went to Damascus, where they settled and took control. Rezon was Israel's adversary as long as Solomon lived, adding to the trouble caused by Hadad. So Rezon ruled in Iran and was hostile toward Israel. So it talks about these adversaries. These are not necessarily adversaries just because of the sin that we just got there above. Remember, some of these were things that are carryover from David's time. Some carryover from the people who had been defeated, but not quite all the way defeated. The one son escapes or they flee off to Damascus or whatever, but that there have been constantly been these adversaries against Solomon. But remember, things have been going very well for Solomon for many, many years. Lots of riches coming in, more than we will ever see at any other time period here in the biblical times. More people, more power, more prestige to Solomon, and yet still he turns away from God. And I think that there is a lesson in there. Sometimes it is not the hard times that are the most dangerous. It's the times when we have everything going well and we can easily forget to turn to God. And I've told the story on this podcast before about a friend of our family who went back to Romania, where he had grown up during the time when it was behind the Iron Curtain, and went to one of the churches in the town where he had been a child and was talking to the priest there who said, well, we're praying for you in the United States. And he said, I don't understand. You're persecuted here. Why would you pray for us? And he was basically told, we know we need God. It's easy for you to forget because you have so much. And that is the other thing that I wonder about Solomon. Did he forget to turn to God because everything was going so well? In part, because everything is going so well, all of these women are attracted to him, and because they're attracted to him, he falls in love with them, and he, his heart is turned away from God. 
Jeroboam rebels against Solomon. Also, Jeroboam, son of Nebat, rebelled against the king. He was one of Solomon's officials, an Ephraimite from Zerida, and his mother was a widow named Zeruah. Here's a count of how he rebelled against the king. Solomon had built the terraces and had filled in the gap in the wall of the city of David his father. Now Jeroboam was a man of standing, and when Solomon saw how well the young man did his work, he put him in charge of the whole labor force of the tribe of Joseph. About that time, Jeroboam was going out of Jerusalem, and Ahijah, the prophet of Silo, met him on the way wearing a new cloak. The two of them were alone out in the country, so Ahijah took hold of the new cloak he was wearing and tore it into twelve pieces. Then he said to Jeroboam, Take ten pieces for yourself, for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. See, I am going to tear the kingdom out of Solomon's hand and give you ten tribes. But for the sake of my servant David and the city of Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, he will have one tribe." I will do this because they have forsaken me and worshipped Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonites, Chemosh, the god of the Moabites, and Moloch, the god of the Ammonites, and have not walked in obedience with me, nor done what is right in my eyes, nor kept my decrees and laws as David, Solomon's father, did. But I will not take the whole kingdom out of Solomon's hand. I have made him ruler all the days of his life for the sake of David, my servant, whom I chose and who obeyed my commands and decrees. I will take the kingdom from his son's hands and give you ten tribes. I will give one tribe to his son, so that David, my servant, may always have a lamp before me in Jerusalem, the city where I choose to put my name. However, as for you, I will take you, and you will rule over all that your heart desires. You will be king over Israel. If you do whatever I command you and walk in obedience to me and do what is right in my eyes by obeying my decrees and commands, as my servant David did, I will be with you. I will build you a dynasty as enduring as the one I built for David, and I will give Israel to you. I will humble David's descendants because of this, but not forever. Solomon tried to kill Jeroboam, but Jeroboam fled to Egypt to Shishkak the king and stayed there until Solomon's death. As for the other events of Solomon's reign, all he did and the wisdom he displayed, are they not written in the book of the Annals of Solomon? Solomon reigned in Jerusalem over Israel forty years. Then he rested with his ancestors and was buried in the city of David his father, and Rehoboam his son succeeded him as king. So we get the end of Solomon's story, but with the end of Solomon's story in some ways it went on a little too long in the sense that it went on long enough for him to become faithless. And so God sends his prophet and his prophet goes and finds Jeroboam. Jeroboam, who is a natural leader, who Solomon recognized him as a leader and put him in charge of all of the labor that was being done by one of the 12 tribes, by the tribe of Judah. And God also sees in Jeroboam leadership. And he makes him the same deal he made Solomon, right? I will give you 10 tribes. I'm saving, he keeps saying one tribe for Solomon, one tribe plus his own tribe. So two and 10. I will give you 10 tribes. And then if you are faithful to me, we'll build you a dynasty also, right? That's the deal is you have to do what David did. You have to worship me and not all of these other gods. And then you will have a dynasty that lasts. 
That was the promise to David. That was the promise to Solomon. Solomon breaks the promise. Let's see next week how Jeroboam does. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com, or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. Jesus wants our fears to launch us toward faith. Then he grins and says, Do you trust me? Because together, we can do this. With Mornings with Jesus, you can start your day in a positive way. Find hope through inspirational stories and scripture. Go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Mornings with Jesus. You can also download the Abide app for biblical meditations at abide.com.